One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. In the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. Welcome to the beginning of the Rings of Power. Hello listeners, it's Luke Ryan here. Just wanted to say thank you for your support of this podcast. Can you believe in the last week we have clocked over 700 listens, which is quite amazing for this little 10 to 15 minute weekly podcast that I do by myself. And I'm very grateful for all the support. It's just a bit of fun, hey? (laughs) So in today's episode, I'm going to run you through some of the characters featured in this series the Rings of Power. I'm going to give you my impressions of the first two episodes. But first, let's look at the plot of Amazon Prime's The Ring of Power. Now, The Rings of Power focuses on the major events of the Second Age of Middle-earth, a largely unexplored part of history of Tolkien's world. Uh, Primarily, you'll read about it in the appendixes of Lord of the Rings trilogy. And Appendix B, I believe, is the one that they're focusing on the most, which has a slim timeline of all these major events. And it's very ambiguous, which leaves a lot of room for interpretation. Amazon Prime's The Rings of Power has the honor of being the most expensive TV series ever made. In addition to the $250 US that Amazon paid for the rights to J.R.R. Tolkien's Second Age, the production budget was reportedly $465 million. And all of these figures are US, by the way. At eight episodes, that's $58 million an episode. So it's safe to say fans are expecting big things. Season one will make its long-awaited debut on September 2nd, and the full Rings of Power tale will eventually unfold over approximately 50 hours across five seasons. Now, this expense meant that the secrecy for this show was off the charts. Actors didn't know what roles they were playing till they landed in New Zealand in hotel quarantine. From that point on, character names were not featured on scripts. Rather, they used pseudonyms to keep the whole thing under wraps. Each episode script was downloaded and delivered on an iPad to cast members so that these scripts could be wiped at any time. Say you accidentally packed your iPad with the rest of your books and belongings and took it home. Blank. Everything deleted. In a production like that, you put a lot of faith in the editors, the directors, and all those other roles that are behind the scenes that guide you and your performance. Actors are used to shooting scenes out of sequence, but to not know much about where you're going or even if you're in the first episode must be a really daunting task to the best of actors. Now, The Rings of Power will feature a whole plethora of characters, some of them familiar from the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit series and some of them brand new. I'm going to run through a few of them now so that we can kind of get used to the names that we're going to be hearing as I review the podcast each fortnight. Um, I was originally going to let, going to list the actors who play the characters, but looking at the cast name, I have Buckley's chance of being able to pronounce some of these names. So look it up yourself. 
<laughs> so to start off, our one of our big main characters is Gliadriel. Uh, we know her from the Lord of the Rings series. She was the elven lady of Lothlorien and was a major part in the series. But in this one, we see a younger, less wise, not so crowned version of the figure that we met. Uh, another familiar face is Elrond, who will be featured a much younger version of this elf. And we get to see a bit of his prominence to rise in the capital of Linden. Uh, where the story begins, he's not an elf lord yet. He's not an elf lord yet. And he's this ambitious character of half-elven heritage with a particularly impressive family legacy. Now, coming in somewhere in the series we're hoping to see is Sauron. Now, it's not clear exactly how much we'll see of Sauron in person, but he's clearly going to be a strong presence throughout the series. Uh, his showcase to rise to power and obviously the forging of the One Ring. Throughout the Second Age, he was at times known as a shapeshifter, um, which is where the actor is believed to be coming in and portraying that role. So, very interesting and a bit of a bait and switch there, I hope. Um, next up, we've got Isildur which we know from the Fellowship of the Ring prologue, the one who cut off Sauron's hand with the sword. At some point, he's going to come in. We're going to see him at a much younger point. We're going to get introduced to the famous sword. So we need to look out for him. Another character is the High King, Gilgad. The legendary Elf King is mentioned in the poem that Samwise Gamgee said in The Lord of the Rings. He talks about the fall of this character. Um, he's a revered leader in the elf realm Linden, and he's going to be one of those people that's going to help create that last alliance of elves and men. Coming up next, we have Prince Durin the Fourth. Now, the dwarves in this series are going to be enjoying the peak of their success and influence. Um, Moving into The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, we start to see things fall apart and, and minds being desolate. In this one, height of their power. Uh, fans will also remember Prince Durin turns up in the destroyed Moria in The Fellowship of the Ring. So we're familiar with the name at least. Coming in next character is Arondir. Now, Arondir is the unassuming elf. He's one of our major heroes. He's one of the soldiers that's stationed in the Sutherlands, and he keeps watch over the humans who lives there. And we know he's going to be winding up embroiled in a bit of a forbidden relationship with one of the human characters. Now, that human character is a character by the name of Bronwyn. Bronwyn lives in the southern lands of Middle-earth with her young son, Theo, and works as a hero. Keep your eye open for Theo. He's going to be a character that's brand new, completely original, and it's going to have a lot to play. And finally, our last character that I want to mention at this point is Alenor, or Nori, as she's known. She's one of the Brandyfoots. Uh, we see a whole clan of Brandyfoots in this film, and she is a completely original character. Um, and a bit of a distant relative and ancestor to Hobbit, so somewhere in that realm. Now that we know all of our characters we're going to see in the Rings of Power, 
Let's talk about episode one and episode two, and I'll give you my first impressions of the show. Morgoth would be defeated, but not before much sorrow. For his orcs had spread to every corner of Middle-earth, multiplying ever greater under the command of his most devoted servant, a cruel and cunning sorcerer. They called him Sauron. My brother vowed to seek him out and destroy him. But Sauron found him first. And marked his flesh with a symbol. One whose meaning even our wisest could not discern. In the darkness, his vow became mine. The Rings of Power don't hold back. The special effects, fantastic. And I was instantly transported to my first experience watching the Fellowship of the Ring. The world building was expansive. With the show moving around Middle Earth and showing us graphics of the map to help orient ourselves. I did feel like I needed my own map during these points so I could orient myself with my knowledge I have from the previous films. Being able to say, you know, was this location north of Gondor or west of Mordor? Or perhaps because this story is set so early on, do these places even exist in that name? Something I'm going to check up on as the series continues. Rings of Power introduces us to many new characters, but the four main characters we've already gone over, and they help us explore the different things happening in Middle-earth. Now, I get the sense, because these characters are so spread out around Middle-earth, I get the real sense that these characters are slowly going to be drawn together as their stories intertwine. Galadriel's our main character, and we know her already from Lord of the Rings. She is pursuing Sauron to avenge her brother. Next up is Elrond, who is moving up in a leadership role, and he is putting things in motion for the creation of the Rings of Power. It must be really difficult to translate something like this into a TV series. I mean, sure, there's action, there's creatures, there's just typical traits that we come to love and expect in a Tolkien universe. However, in these first two episodes, we wander aimlessly, similar to the Hobbit trilogy. Like a story that could have been covered in two films, it's spread thinly over three. With so much content available today, a show really can't afford to linger and dip the toe into the plot. Uh, audience need to be stirred quickly so that at the end of each episode, they have something urging them to watch the next one. Um, in this case, eagerly awaiting the next week's episode. At this point, I don't have that in the show. I believe it's because we're allowing too many characters to come in and we're not having a central person who we're continuing to follow. If you think about the Lord of the Rings, our person was Frodo, Sam and Gandalf. Through them, we were introduced to others, but we, we were always drawn back to them. They were our center. In The Hobbit, it was Bilbo and Gandalf. And through them, we meet the others, the dwarfs, the humans. But they were our center. In the Rings of Power, they're trying to make Galadriel this role. 
but she has such little story time and she's quite emotionless at this point. You know, she is an elf, so we expect that, but compared to the characters that we already know and love, she's quite um, muted. I think audiences are going to struggle to connect and understand her motivation if that consistency goes on. Now, hopefully, everything will change when Sauron turns up. And speaking of the bad guys, I wish we had more about the bad guy before Sauron, Morgoth. Now, it's my understanding that showrunners were only able to buy certain portions of the rights to Tolkien's material. So some stories and characters are completely off limits. But wow, that would have been grand. I want to take a moment to briefly discuss the diversity shown in the series, as there's been a lot of negative talk about it. Now we have dwarfs, elves, brandyfoots in different ethnicities. I really have no problem with it. The changes apart from... I have no problem with the changes apart from asking if they were the best actors for the role, or did their skin color influence the choice? It is, in pop culture, starting to feel like producers and casting directors have like a checklist of diversity to include in pop culture. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm really fine with whoever plays the role, as long as it's the best acting performance. And the showrunners know that changes will bother token purists. Those who are loyal to the text know that, you know, changes to the ethnicity of the elves is going to be completely in contradictory to the books. This series will unfold in 50 hours over five seasons. It's wonderful to see a studio put its faith in the writers, the story and the production to commit to so much to tell their story. I cannot wait to see what three and four have to offer. Well, everybody, thank you for joining me for this week's Movie Interrupted. I will be covering all the episodes of The Rings of Power each fortnight, combining two episodes together. This week's question is, is the plot of The Rings of Power moving fast enough? Join us next week for another movie or TV series chat. Bye. Waiting for another episode to drop? Tum Drum Media has you covered with a range of podcasts perfect for your daily commute. Why not check out the curious audience? Go in pursuit of the unknown with a Yowie Hunter. Find out some dirty little secrets from a sex therapist. Or hear the explosive stories of a rock star performing in a battleground. Find the curious audience on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.